This week on Waxing the Porpoise, G-Baby and the usual suspect Steve welcome once again special guest Staring John to discuss the lesser known Altman classic and so-called anti-western McCabe and Miss Miller from 1971. Join us as we talk about some of the late stage Old West themes at play, argue about whether or not this is a message movie, briefly mention 80s living room stalwart Alf for good measure, and finally discuss a provocative gambit posited by Steve as a possible means to recover stolen property. I'm feeling a little peckish. Is there a KFC around? Ha! Let's wax this anti-porpoise. Chase, don't do that. You see, we, we working on his brow chakra. We're just in back of the crown chakra. All right, welcome to Waxing the Porpoise. We are back again, now on episode 37, here to discuss an older banger from 1971. Uh, This one's called McCabe and Mrs. Miller, starring Warren Beatty and Julie Christie, and directed by Robert Altman, who's a big director in his day as well. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this one. So, as usual, you got myself, Jim G-Baby. And of course, we have the usual suspect, Steve. You know that bedroom at the top of the stairs? Yeah, that was my room. (laughs) I think I'm turning that into my trophy room. How would I burn the house down and piss on the ashes? (laughs) (laughs) I'm in on the golf course. How's it going, buddy? Good, man. Good to see you. Likewise. All right. And then. Back again, two-time returning champion, we have special guest, Staring John. Me sobering up. Oh, ow. Yes. <laughs> oh, going? my God, that's perfect. <laughs> oh, great to be back. Great to be back. Staring it up. Staring it up. Happy to be here. Nice. How We're did you... you I don't remember you listening to that album. That's crazy. Where did you pull that? I mean... I remember you, I think back when that came out and you were super high on uh, Slaughterhouse and you showed me that song and he's like, and you pointed that part out specifically because you know, I was an Alf guy Yep. and uh, like, yeah, so that, that part's always stuck with me. Like I, dude, I torture my wife and kids with that sometimes now. I'll just be like, ha, Alf. Yeah. Just like one of my tics. torture everyone around you with that as well. <laughs> Dude, Alf is kind of slept on. He's got a really there's a special we just watched. It's like they it was in '96 that they aired it on TV. It's like an hour and a half long movie with Alf. Dude, it's it's pretty good. Oh, uh, kill me. That yeah. was another one. <laughs> was Dude, it, this is other... crazy. This is a nice setup. You guys are what 37 and look at this. Steve, your quality has gone up immensely, my man. Last oh, time thanks. I was on here, you were so pixelated, and I couldn't hear anything you were saying. You look crystal clear. <laughs> fra- you look good. You, you're speaking into the mic. Look at you. You're a regular B-man now, dude. I like it. Weird, because it, it's the, it's literally the exact same setup. That's crazy. <laughs> so I don't know. Jim's got a boom. Uh, look at this. What the fuck is going on around here, dude? This thing was only like, picked this up for like 30 bucks. It's That's just nice. It's a facade. Um. 
No, yeah, I think uh, uh, we kind of gotten into a little bit of a flow here, and For it's, sure. it's 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 like a routine thing now. That's it's like a fun, uh, like a. I, I hate to say like a therapy sesh, but I mean, for me, it's like one of my few like outlets, totally. you know, outside yep, of the grind. I, so it, it's super, it's a, it's a nice relief valve. Definitely get that. It's funny. My wife sent me too. She sent me this fucking, uh, like a Twitter screenshot and it was like this chick. She's like, God, why do men just have to start podcasts instead of going to therapy? And then underneath that, a dude replied back, and he's like, "Same reason bitches starting OnlyFans instead of getting a job." <laughs> oh, that's great! Uh, yeah. So my wife, what if I could too? By the way, so I'm clear. Hell yeah! <laughs> cool. So yeah, we're glad to have you back. I'm I'm especially stoked to talk about uh this film too because i know you like i don't know if it's like your your thing but i know you like older films like cool and luke you know we have that in common and i know yep. you like some of the older bonds and stuff too so yep this is kind of in that era like late 60s early 70s kind of stuff Butch cassidy that, sundance kid little yeah. cowboys all that stuff i watched with my grandpa so it's i remember oh, nice. like being at his house right and then it was that was one of the few things that we did often together be like, Oh, watch it. And when I was real young, it just kind of was like, Oh man, this is terrible. And then, yeah. you know, you get a little bit older and you start watching. I'm like, Oh shit is actually really good. Yeah. I, I kind of stumbled upon some older stuff by myself on accident. And I think the first one was Chinatown. Whereas uh, yep. before I'd probably never wouldn't, never would have given it a shake, you know, even though it was, it was made in the seventies, it's set in like the forties you know, like old timey LA. So I guess at that time, I just like old shit like that. You know, when you, when you're so used to like the modern kind of stylish and it just didn't really, I, I thought it would be stupid. And, and so this is like, like late teens, early twenties kind of era. And then I was like, that changed my mind. And I was like, Oh shit, maybe I should like Chinatown was dope. That was a big eye opener for me into like older uh, films. And then this yeah. one specifically McCabe, Miss Miller, uh, when we lived back up in paradise for a while there, uh, me and my wife would go visit my father-in-law, her dad, Ben, we'd go over and, and like make dinner or he'd, he'd make dinner and we'd have like a movie night and he's like, and he'd show us like an older flick. So that's how I saw like dirty dozen. Um, and he would regale me with like Telly Savalas stories and shit. Like we'd, we'd watch like old reruns a couple times of, uh, the night stalker with Darren McGavin the dad from Billy Madison, mm, the, okay. dad, the, the dad from Christmas story. He was in it. It was like an X-Files show. Uh, it was like monster of the week, but a little bit kookier, uh, a little bit funnier. And he played like this private. Anyway, uh, McCabe and Miss Miller was one of these films we watched one night and it fucking like blew my mind. It like knocked my fucking socks off. Uh, yeah. so yeah, I, I, and I thought knowing Steve too, uh, I thought he, I had an inkling, that he would like this one. So we're here yeah. to see here to judge. Um, I guess we'll just get it out right out of the way up at the top. What'd you think of this one, Steve? Is this a go or no go? Um, I hated this movie very, very, very much. No way. For several reasons. Some, some are just kind of, you know, base layer, not, not too serious. I've, I've, I actually have three levels of hatred for this movie that I can go through one by one. If you like. Yes. But sort of, sort of similar to what John was saying about 
my history with Westerns. I, I also haven't seen a ton of Westerns, just like I haven't seen a ton of movies. And my strongest memory of Westerns as a kid was my grandpa asleep in his chair watching Westerns all the time. That just seemed boring as shit. So it wasn't until I got older and started watching some of them that I also developed an enjoyment for them. But I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a huge Western fan because it's kind right. of like, I was thinking about this earlier, it's like for me, Indian food where I don't eat it very often because it's there's like a lot to it, but I like it a lot, but it's just not something I think to wa- uh, watch or, or eat when, when, it, when it comes time. So I, I really enjoy Westerns, the, one that I've, the ones that I've seen, but um, I don't consider this a Western. I consider this an abortion of film. And I will start with my my level one complaints, which are things that I personally didn't really care for, but I, I don't hold against the movie at all uh, because some of it is just the time. Like the audio was fucking horrible. If I didn't have subtitles, I would have been lost two seconds into this thing. Yeah. The, the visual component was horrible. It was super dark, couldn't see shit, and I don't I don't think that was my TV. I don't hold it against it. Could have been a stylistic choice. It could have just been It was. We'll get into that too. The audio oh, and I can't I can't wait. The the visuals, the 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 visual was a choice. The audio was a fuck up that the director owned up to, actually. Kind of just like matter of fact. So I oh. I like that about him at least. But okay. yeah, go on, uh, sorry. Horrific. Um another <laughs> thing that I didn't care for at all was but I'm not going to hold it against it because in you have two it, layers it, to go of hate. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to hey, 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 hey. when it comes to characters having an ambiguous backstory, that's fine if if it later redeems itself. You know, if there if there's a character that you don't really know much about his past, but it turns out to be a good movie, it's like, oh, cool. I like that they kind of left it up in the air. When it turns out to be a shitty movie, in my opinion, it's like it's kind of just one more thing about it that I don't like. Like. And I don't know if that's a byproduct of this being a book before it was a movie, because I could see that being the case where they're like, yeah, we're not going to go into all the backstory of both of these characters. We'll just we'll just keep it to a tight, slow ass two hours. Uh, So I won't hold that against it. Same with same with the sort of slow pace. Um, I don't mind a slow burn, but kind of like the other thing I mentioned, it's got to eventually pay off in the long run. Like. A movie like The Shining, you know, that's a super slow burn, but it kicks it in the end. So uh, those are those are kind of just my superficial complaints that, again, if it if it ended there, uh, that's fine. My my second level, my second tier of complaints are I thought the storyline was fucking uninteresting from beginning to end. I didn't think there was anything compelling about cool it's a frontier town where this guy blows into town and starts a whorehouse and then a whore joins him and then they make money and that like there wasn't any story arc that i could find compelling at all uh i thought the characters were dog shit i was very interested in mccabe early on he seemed like a really cool guy that might have a interesting past you know the gunslinger you don't know where he comes from then he just kind of yeah then he just kind of kind of turns into a bitch later on and it's unclear whether or not he actually was a gunslinger if he was just some dipshit who rolled into town uh mrs miller whore who came from somewhere else just became whore in town opium smoking lady the junkie and their interaction with each other i did not 
find compelling at all. Like when they started to become romantically involved, it's like, I don't buy this at all. I haven't seen anything that leads me to believe that either one of them like the other, except they're just in the same room. Yeah. And then, you know, she still (laughs) makes him pay, which I felt, uh, I felt attacked when I saw that. Oh, I thought you would enjoy that part. I thought you'd be like, yeah, get your money, queen. Yeah, I didn't mind it, but I just felt like, okay, this, I don't know. It's a little too artsy-fartsy for you, you think? Yeah, well, so I thought they were going to go in like a romantic direction, but then when she paid him, it's like, okay, well, that kind of undermines that. But again, these are just level mm-hmm. two complaints. My right. level th- my level three complaint, it's sort of one large umbrella okay. that, I guess I should qualify this, that's my cat. Um, I will say 100% this is my bugaboo that i'm sure somebody who's sitting at home reading this week's copy of the new yorker and is just pish poshing my opinion on this classic film uh (laughs) probably hates everything i'm saying but i don't care uh my biggest my biggest bone with this movie is it's the that's my cat hang on it's it's the thing I hate most in movies, just which is eats it across the room. <laughs> I would never. That was also another thing I didn't care for in this film when the when the guy picked up the cat and threw it and just yeah. Um, I, knew, I I knew that one. Uh, you weren't gonna like that at all. <laughs> so Do not let my calm demeanor fool you, Ranger. Yep. Um, my my biggest complaint with this movie is we've talked about it before on the show, and I I, I can never really think of a good example, but. This is a message movie that is just mm-hmm. a bummer from beginning to end intentionally, right? And what I don't do you know mean message movie. Uh, uh, we're getting there. Yeah. And I I think it's a byproduct of the era because this is like Vietnam it definitely era. Is. It people, for sure is. People are just like bummed and so when when the movie starts and there are some hard racial slurs, which I'm normally in favor of, but I felt like they were they were pretty egregious you know so i was like maybe this is just a 70s thing but then as the movie goes on i realized this is intentional because it's it's trying to send a specific message and when i when i brought it up because i watched it on prime and when i was reading the little brief description which was the only thing i i read about this movie leading up to it is i saw it use the term anti-western and i remember thinking like yeah that's a very mm-hmm. strange thing to say or that's a strange description i've never heard before but then as the movie went on i realized like oh this is like a condemnation of westerns this isn't this isn't a western movie in mm-hmm. in the traditional sense it's almost like they're taking the western brand to task yeah. so so the first thing i wrote or noticed was like all of these crazy racial slurs that I thought they that might just be uh, a byproduct of the time. I in hindsight now I think that was intentionally put in there to be like, can you believe this is the way we acted and the and the way we did things back then, and like the the unbelievable over the top. And you can stop me at any time if you want. The 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 super like in your face, heavy handed brothel sex trafficking theme when you first see it it's like jesus christ he's it's like he's at a grocery store and he's like give me three whores and three chippies yeah Yeah. give me a give me a discount i'm like god damn that is rough but in hindsight yeah give me three chippies you goddamn butternut and muff diver (laughs) yeah yeah dude i I love that i do have a feeling that 
some of the phrases and little quips and idioms Dude, they in this send movie me over the edge. Just and it, I think fancy. It, 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 I think a lot of that cachet adds to the, my liking of this film on like a superficial level, but like, I'll admit that, but on a real level, I do like this film, like in a serious way. Um, but that shit is that it's like perfect icing to me. Like, so like his, the way he talks even, but some like the specific phrases he uses, like, you know, with yeah. the frog wouldn't bump his ass so much if he had wings but there's one particular joke he tells maybe halfway through uh the film that the first time i saw it i like blew my ass out of the chair i got please don't tell me it's the frog and the eagle story it is yeah that that blew your that blew your (laughs) oh god yeah it just reminded me of it was All like ejecto cedo cuz like oh Fast and Furious style. <laughs> that just reminded me of being a kid listening to one of my grandpa's like annoying fucking fishing buddies telling me some <laughs> some story or the type of old guy that's like, "Hey, you see that over there? That's a that's a hammer for." And you're like, "What's a hammer for?" And they're like, "For hitting nails." <laughs> or the, oh, the what's the, the poker in the front, liquor in the rear joke. Yeah. Like I had a I had a, a friend whose dad loved that fucking joke. Oh, <laughs> my God. Uh, yeah, I can actually. I have a theory that I want to float to you later. That's more of okay. an idea. It's an idea more than a theory, but I think I think it's a really good idea, and it's pretty dark. So we can <laughs> we can get into that later. But uh, sure. I think I think the last point that I had written down that I felt like, and I don't know anything about this director, but I have a feeling I don't like him. And I, I don't I think, think you will now after you talking about this. And I watched a couple interviews of him before oh, this. I'm sure he's I've a only heard the, douche. No, keep, keep going. Well, I'll, well, I'll well I think, I think the last little point that I felt was uh, like a self, like a self hating Western that I think this movie is, is the the good guy loses in the end he just gets killed and mm-hmm. kind of in like a shitty way like yeah he just gets shot in the back and fucking dies out out in the middle of nowhere and i when i say message movie i don't know if people really understand or if i can fully articulate what i mean but it's like uh i enjoy movies and really you know music and and stuff like that as an escape from kind of the mm-hmm. shitty stuff that's going on in the world mm-hmm. so like yeah, or sports. Sports is a great example. I hate when I put on like a sporting event and they're like, all right, we're going to pause here in the sixth inning to talk about cancer. And, and it's like, fuck, this is why I watch sports is to get away from, you know, the sad things in the world. So a message yeah, you movie me with that, one of those fucking St. Jude's commercials and I'm done, man. Yeah. I just think those ones fucking just wreck me anyway. Sorry. No, no. So I, I was just trying to more clearly make. Make, yeah, you're trying to escape, you're not like get into it. It's like, yeah, well, I don't want to yeah, put the, something the ending on of it. this does fall flat. Like, it's just like, oh, that's it. Fuck. Yeah. Well, I feel like from beginning to end, it's like, God, can you believe this is how life was? And man, this is how people, that dude, that's so, yeah, yeah, me neither. That's yeah. so weird that that's the one that that's the train that you caught and like you rode with through this movie. Like, I, well, I, I didn't can't. really, I didn't really put all that together. Until mm-hmm. it was over, and then sort of looking back, like, oh yeah, they hit Reflection. these. They hit these themes pretty hard, and huh. and I think it was done more than just for the setting. You know, like the all the crazy racial slurs and the the women getting See, I kidnapped. Took that at, <laughs> I took that at face value. Like that's just like a part of like this is. Yeah. They don't come out and say the year, but based on a couple clues, like the 
of the era, you could get a pretty close guess, but the lawyer at the end mentions Williams, Jennings, Bryan. So it's during his lifetime. So I put it anywhere between like 1890 to like 1925. So this is kind of like late Western to the time era. The, so the, you know, those things that you gripe about, like, yeah, I feel like those could have been just like, or I, I just felt like, Oh, this is, a historically accurate depiction of like how people talk during that time and just moved on with my life and watched the and right. f- followed the movie. I, I, and even looking back at it too, like I can see it now that you brought it up, but I wouldn't have, I'd continue to like, not think about parts of the message in this. Like I just took it at like, like I said, face Which, value, like they built this world realistically. Like it felt realistic yeah. to me. So, it- I mean, so those those main which is not points, wrong in my view. Or that's that's the way you interpreted it and experienced this movie. So that's I mean, it came across more like Blazing Saddles than it did like um, so like Josie Wales. You know, great western. Yeah, I I didn't feel like they needed to add in a bunch of heavy handed racial slurs to make it feel period, <laughs> you know, specific. But well, that's the thing. Yeah. I don't know. I I think what he's saying is like I don't. I don't think that was the intention of it. It was just like a picture of like, I see what you're saying is to you're thinking of it as like uh, bringing attention to something in that era. But I think it was more used for just a, like how it was at that time. Not necessarily uh, to me, it was a small story that we're getting right. And then it's just how that built up from that guy's background from once where he rolls in and how it goes to, uh, all the way to end scene. Right. So I, I, to me, it just seemed like it was trying to be really authentic in what it was doing. And I got that even it's funny because we talked about the dialogue, right? And how it's even with subtitles, there's so much of the movie that's that you just miss that you don't even get. Yeah. And then I was reading somewhere that I guess that's something that this guy does. Altman, right, is like he's known for that, like dialogue that just kind of runs over itself. And uh yeah, like he wants to, he wanted the language to be like authentic. Like in most movies everything's like perfectly timed. You got to hit your line perfect and it's all by design whereas uh, the same thing he's talking about like, you know, people interrupt each other and like talk over one another in different scenes and he right. does add a lot of, you know, it felt like genuine conversation to me. Yeah. Is like uh it didn't seem so much like a movie. Is is kind of what I took from it. Is it's like He's really trying to capture like, well, this is what a conversation would have been like. Like if you were if you were walking down the street and you overheard two guys arguing over, you know, picking up prostitutes like this is what it would sound like. Uh, I could be wrong yeah. about that. No, but that's, no, I mean, I get the, you. The like the dialogue style didn't. Right. Believe it or not, that didn't make my list of complaints. Um, so I didn't I didn't well, have any problem, problem with that. It was <laughs> it was just everything else. But, uh, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, I get what you're you say too, because like I mean, there's a lot of like Native American Indian stuff going on in um, Josie Wales, and you know they didn't go out of their way to use ethnic slurs and you know like really berate them or disparage mm-hmm. them, and it has the same effect. Whereas they could have just shown in the background the you know the Chinese rail workers and the 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 mine workers in the background, you see them. And understand this is the time period and they're still, you know, being pretty much surf slave labor without the uh, language. But to me, it's more, it's kind of a mix between you and John. Like, I think maybe like there wasn't that much thought put into it. And he was just like flippantly like, yeah, okay, we'll address them as this. And it's part of the scene 
or maybe that was like a, a specific, like, no, we have to make this era accurate. Or maybe it was, they were trying to do, you know, it's like one of the th- pick, pick one of these three. Maybe they were trying to like make you think about and like the guilt of it and, and really take stock in like how fucked up this was. I could, I could see it either way. Yeah. I cho- I guess maybe subconsciously or not, I chose not to like take that from this. If you remove all that, mm-hmm. is the story of this movie even really that interesting though to you guys? No, no. Uh, I think not- it is. For me, it was. I it was. Uh, I I I liked the movie. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I think I got myself caught up going into this because I was. Uh, I was thinking Cool Hand Luke, you know what I mean? And then coming right. into this, because we had had a brief discussion, and I didn't look up anything about the movie. And so I was like, you know, I was like, oh, this movie's going to fucking blow me away. This is going to be amazing. Oh, and man, it was so good. I, I liked it. it. I liked it, uh, <laughs> but it it wasn't that for sure. <laughs> but yeah, there was there was lots of things that I thought it did uh, really well. Uh, the dial we already kind of touched on the the whole dialogue, but it, it felt like just good, like a, a good realistic settings and a lot of the uh, setups, like when the guys coming around. You know, uh, when we talked about him picking up the girls and the that pimp guy. What is it? He tells him, uh, "Oh fuck, what does he tell her?" He's like, I got uh, these, <laughs> I got more girls up here that do more tricks than a goddamn grapevine monkey on a hundred yards. <laughs> yeah. I thought that shit was so funny. I was, yeah, I was, was just picturing Jim like feverishly writing down all of these little <laughs> yeah. old manisms. Yeah. Like, oh, I love that, <laughs> dude. I took a shit ton. Like, yeah, I, I took a whole notepad of shit. From this, yep. I didn't write that Damn. one down because it was so long. But yeah, he does. Yeah, that one was just, a, yeah. this dude's got a fucking million dollar right. A fast, fast mouthpiece. You know, come comes into town. They gets they. It's like he has that backstory, like you're talking about the gunslinger. You know, and he's like, oh no, I'm just, I'm a businessman. I'm a business. Like he he goes out of his way to make sure that that distinction is known amongst yeah. the other guys after they talk about it. And honestly, I thought the Mrs. Miller storyline to me was more interesting than McCabe's. Yeah, she's got a she's got a wild story for sure that doesn't get told, but you can tell in some scenes like she's gone through some shit. Oh, uh, and know? she's just she was very sharp, and I, they they made yeah. that evident because yeah. from the first time that they meet, and she and and he talk, he she's like, "Yo, you McCabe." And he's like, yeah, that's me, blah, blah, blah. And I, he makes some fucking joke. I can't remember what it was. I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. And then she goes, uh, and she kind of like looks at him weird. And she's like, oh, yep, there's that frontier wit. And then they <laughs> yeah. like go in and uh, they sit down to have the dinner. And and he's like, oh, pulls out her. And she's like, if you want to impress someone, you should wear a better cologne than that cheap ass shit. And you're wearing like she Dude, saw right through him right away. To, and it, it was my read. I liked it in that specific scene, uh, like one of the few times where it, it was a little unnatural, but I still liked it was those cuts with the little fucking viol like the old timey, like banjo, like violin shit. And when she yeah. hits him with that, like, boom, like you should wear something better than cheap jockey shit. And he like pulls back and it's all right. like, yeah, I, yeah. I liked that, but, but that was, it goes against like this director's idea of like letting it flow and be natural. But I thought that was a cool moment. Cause it's like, Oh shit. All, all the way up until up until this point, like you were saying, you think like you were saying, Steve, 
this guy blows into town. He has his own felt. He lays it on and he's like, he's like a gambling. He's like a, a hustler. He like, He's the, real sharp talking card shark guy. You yeah. Know he's like, mean? get the these boys a bottle. And like, yeah. yeah, he's just like, he's just wheeling and fucking dealing right out of yep. the gate. And so yep. like right out of the gate, I, I didn't know what to expect, but uh, it, it drew me into him. Like, I, I like this guy. And then as soon as he meets this, like this chick, uh, Miss Miller, who's like, you can tell she's got quite a f- few more IQ points than this dude. And she's street smart and got that. Right. So it's like this moment where he's like met his match a little bit like, Oh shit. Uh, and then your opinion of him is like, Oh, he's kind of, you know, he's stringing this out and he's not as sharp right. as he lets on. Like, right. Yeah. When you get into it. I liked that about this guy. And even through all the way to the end, like his arc, I, I like that he, like he gets called out and he does, he's, it's like, oh fuck, dude! He's getting like knocked down a peg or two. Like he he does look like a bitch, especially after he talks to that dude Butler, that big old fucker. Yeah, like, that guy was a G. Yeah, dude, that scene he was my favorite was guy in the whole fucking movie. Yeah, G. Beast. Wasn't that scene tense to you? Did and yeah. you didn't get anything out of that scene, Steve? No, I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was which one? When he comes, when he goes up, McCabe thinking and he's trying he's to still like got a way out. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't make deals. deals. Yeah, he's like, like, but don't you work for him? He's like, sometimes. And when he and when he makes him go back and forth on the pricing, dude, that shit was great. He's like, he's he's stumbling. Really weren't that far off. Yeah, he's like, well, I I guess we weren't. And he's like, "Hmm." yeah, Yeah, dude, it's funny how much pleasure he takes in that. Like, that's it's like, dude, he's a cold motherfucker. Yeah, like I'm just up here to hunt hunt bear. That's (laughs) right. Yep. And he saw right through dude too, because after he walked out, cause that whole story, you know, he's like, hit. Yeah. That guy's never killed a person in his fucking life. Yeah. Whereas right at the beginning, I was like, oh dude, he did kill that guy. And now he's an even deeper shit because this guy was buddies with his buddy who he killed. So he's, but then at the end, it's like, oh no, he for sure didn't kill. And he just got bitched out. Now he looks even worse in front of this guy. Like he's just like, dude was just fishing with, with the, you know, local chatter that he had heard God is like, Oh word, I can run him up on this. And yeah, yeah. To- I totally caught him up there. That's one of my favorite scenes in the, in this film. Yeah. Because it's it one is, of the better ones for sure. I've only, I've only seen this film two. I think this is only my second watch. And, um, I remembered, I didn't remember this scene, but it put me right back there. I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Up all the way through the movie. It's like you get here and then it's like, cause you don't know if, if, uh, he still is going to make a deal or he, right. if he's still going to be able to make a deal, you don't know, you know, first time going into it that it's like, no, miss Miller was right. You're fucked, buddy. Like, uh, you don't want to play right. ball with this mining company. We're, st- I mean, we're in late old West, but we're still in the old West where shit like this can happen. Anyway, I, I think I, I jumped all the way to the end there. I, I think there's some stuff I, I still want to get into earlier on. In Definitely. Here. Yeah. Well, and that kind of touches back on Steve's, uh, like when Steve was talking about the messaging, like to me, I thought I, I wrote down the more, the theme that I got from the movies, it was more about this, about Miss Miller, right? It was about uh, a woman in that time era who had the brains, but was also a junkie, like what she had to do. Cause she was really kind of puppeteering him oh, around, yeah. right? Like throughout the movie, they make all kinds of references to it. Like his, the the saloon he's trying to run is a flop. He's not he's not pulling money in from that. It's all coming from the whorehouse, which is what she was running, what she set up. 
the whorehouse that he had before was just, you know, the tents and, uh, Bertha, you know, those yeah. three chicks. Yeah. So I want to, I want to get into that too. That shit was two for one. Lil Pinto, Kate and almighty Al almighty Al on their fucking, <laughs> that was on the top yeah. of each one of their tents. Uh, that shit was he can't hilarious. Even do, like basic math. Yeah. Right. Right. He couldn't. Yeah, exactly. So to, to me, it, it seemed like the, the movie was more about like, more about her and that theme. It might be kind of a hot take, but it, it seemed like it was showing you how women navigated the West. I, I, yeah. I think so she was way cooler of a character that I wish, I wish they would have followed her more instead of just like kind of checking Damn. back in with her. And she also, she also got paid more yeah. than any of the, the other hookers. So, you know, she's five yeah, bucks versatile. She had that golden punani. <laughs> um well yeah that's great just real quick that 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 scene where he has his like weird mental breakdown monologue in his room where that's is this where is this i'm done is this this where he's talking to himself or when he breaks down to her no no he's talking to himself god damn it just this once i don't think i should have to pay yeah (laughs) Dude, I thought that was cool, man. Like he's like, you got, I got poetry in me. Like I thought he would, I thought that was yeah, a good I, performance. I got sense not to write yeah. it down. I just thought it was like, yeah, no, it was, I, it was I a just, good scene. Yeah. Him pumping, amping himself up. Yeah. I just mean like, as, as far as his character, I was like, I'm fucking done with this guy. He's full bitch mode. Sure. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Honestly, the, I thought this was going to be a gotcha moment when you're like, yeah, I hated every part of this. And you're like, no, I loved it. Or I liked it. You did that on one other film and my heart sank to my asshole. And then now it's just stayed there. I like, honestly, I, I am pretty tripped out that you didn't like, I thought for sure. Like I had to, I thought you yeah, would like I it. Wanted I, to. Like, dead to I wanted to, I just like couldn't this. do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, that's, that's cool though. I mean, um, we haven't had a good stinker for me in a while. Yeah. And I, it ain't illegal to be wrong yet. So, um, no, just, I, everyone's got their own opinions about when he's things. going it's, through, when he's going through town and he knows they're, they're coming to find him to kill him. And he, he goes like, I'm going to go climb up the clock tower and check it out or the church steeple or whatever, and take a look around. I'm going to leave, leave my, my gun, gun at the bottom of yeah. the tower. This is a really yeah, good yeah. idea. I don't see how this could go poorly when I come back down and it's now missing. I, hate, I thought I that, that just played to the fact that it's like, yeah, he really isn't a gunslinger. Like he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. The only thing he knows is that he's sure. got to do something because he's in deep shit. And it's like, it's, it's real now. It's like, I could what see that hell? mistake what? being made, but it is convenient right. kind of for the plot of the film for that to happen the way it does. But I liked it too. Cause then it's like, Oh fuck, he's not a gunslinger. He just lost his only gun. Now he's running around three to one with no weapon now. <laughs> I was like, he's fucked. Right. Uh, I liked the, uh, the cowboy character because I like when he first came in, you think he's going to be like a piece of shit. Like somebody sent there to kill him. Yeah. And then he just turns into a guy who just wants yep. to fuck hookers. He's actually, dude, that was one of my just like a nice characters. dude. And then on his way yeah. out of town, yep. he gets killed. Like, Oh shit. Gets fucked. That's so funny. I was just about to talk about that scene was so yeah. weird to me. Like, I just don't understand what, why that was the, I don't know what that did for the story at all. It was really confusing. Yeah. This dude just got done fucking every hooker <laughs> in town about to hit the stop before he heads out. Right. 
And then there's this fucking young punk kid who's like, oh, man, I ain't even trying to shoot the barrel. That fucking blonde haired guy was annoying yeah, as yeah. shit. And he's he's walking up to him, you know, and he's he fucking baits him into I, he wasn't even he wasn't trying to fight him. He wasn't even trying to, you know, I don't I don't understand how even when anyone in that situation, all those guys around him looking like if he was doing it to try and look tough or to, you know, try and put on that, he you know, that he can gunsling. Like why you did it on a guy that openly admitted in front of everybody is like I, I can't even shoot this fucking thing, dude. I, there ain't nothing wrong with the gun. It's the user. You know, the guy made several jokes about not being able yeah, to yeah. use his gun, and then you mow him down. Like I don't know. It was just weird. What would what, you get from that scene? I'm curious. I, I just yeah, took I, it as like he's like okay, this is it. It just driving a a a wedge between the. Now Sheehan and his tavern is mining owned. This is, these are mining fuckers and they drew a hard line between that and, you know, McCabe's part of town and Presbyterian church. Like this is the divide here. This is how, like, these are the, I thought it set up like, okay, these are the stakes. Like if you didn't realize before, it's like, now it's a certainty we're into the third act and these guys are, are, are gunning for uh, McCabe for sure. They're going to kill him. That that's kind of how I read it, but I do agree. It is, it is a weird scene. It's a weird moment. Well, cause even that character doesn't go. I mean, like that's pretty much all that you get from that guy is he get his, his only line that I really remember before that is him uh, saying, Oh, you calling his friend a liar. Yeah. And then you cut to him shooting the ice and debating the fucking nobody into killing him. And then now he's on the hunt with, yeah. uh, it's probably a way of, the bigger guy moving forward. Like, yeah, this is how evil these people are. So, so don't feel bad when this guy, the little henchman gets shot in the back later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This little yeah. fucking hair lipped sure, fucking sure. cabbage patch looking toe head. Punk yeah, motherfucking yeah. High haircut looking freak. <laughs> yeah. So and, at least uh, sucking back on grandpa's little cough medicine there. <laughs> yeah. So like at least his character helps with the story a little bit. There was like the guy, the guy who yeah. had the mail order bride, and then who Shelly Duvall, yeah. by the way, speaking yep. of the shining fun yep. connection there, uh, when, when he dies, it's mm-hmm. like, what does this have to do with fucking anything? Yeah. 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 That's a, that's another one. I don't know. Other than maybe for her storyline, because I did think that that was interesting that she goes from this mail order bride and kind of the conversation uh, again, back to women navigating the frontier where, you know, she, she, didn't know what to do. So she ends up marrying this dude has a place to stay. He dies. And then she goes into the whorehouse and she kind of, they have that, uh, conversation. She's like, shit, you were already doing this before you were fucking him for room and board. Now you're doing it and you get to keep a little extra money in your pocket. And you know, so I don't, I, that was kind of my take on that character was just like, this is, like these, these were your options right. back you had then. To do what you had to and do, kind of thing. Well, it's funny because he died yeah. defending her honor. Like she ain't no whore, and then now he's right. He's barely right. in right. the ground, and she's like, "I'm a whore." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty cynical way of looking at it. But uh, I, I don't know. Well, I, 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 I was thinking about it too. Like while I was watching, I was like, "Why did, why did this little mini storyline have to be included?" Because it, it kind of muddles things. The only thing I was grasping at straws or playing gymnastics for this movie was the reason he dies is like the night before or whatever. Some like 
these fucking like a roving group of bandits are just assholes going through the road to the next settlement. Um, you know, cat call it the whores or whatever. And they kind of get chased out of town. But in, in so doing our guy, our old man, Bart, I think is his name. He gets fucking paddled with like a club or yeah. something. It cracks his head and yeah. he's like in a coma and he dies two days oh. later. Um, so yeah, that doesn't have any bearing on McCabe's or Miller's story, but I think it does thinking about it now. I think it emphasizes maybe, maybe it tries to human humanize this little rabble, like this little, community in presbyterian church that like yeah they are whores they're sleeping with some of the people in the town but they're still protecting their own they're not like just feeding them to the wolves like because they could have just been like yeah come on Mm -hmm. in we'll make some money from you like these really pieces of shit characters that probably would have maybe done something uh fucked up to them like stole stole some horses or done something uh but no instead they kind of right. chase them out of town like no get the fuck out of here fuck you like for not having any respect coming into the town i don't know that, that that's doing the movie a lot of favors in filling in those gaps but that's the only thing because i was thinking about it like and they have the funeral was were they just trying to right. pad this movie or because that that is a an entire through line they they could have easily slight lop right I mean, off same with flick. same with the lawyer like why even add that in like oh we <laughs> or the like you recognize the lawyer guy who brought the hookers i did i did not recognize the lawyer but i mm-hmm. thought it was funny it's like oh no William we can Devane. fight him and we're gonna win it's like all right well i'm just gonna go back up there and die <laughs> i i yeah. i liked that little glimmer of like like you can look at that and see like okay civilization is kind of coming it's but it's not there yet it's kind of a funky era of time right. that they're that this movie's in yeah but he's like no we'll fight him through the courts and it's like on the other hand we're still in the old west we can go yeah. out in fucking middle of the street and settle your yeah. problem that way so i i kind of like and that's what he's saying like so how do i not die yeah and i, I there's a line that he says that i actually really like that i wrote down uh the lawyer what's he say he's like tell people stop dying for freedom they ain't gonna be free and he like, like he, he's a, he's got his own angle too, though. Cause he's got like designs on like, mm-hmm. Ooh, I can pick up this case and kind of make a name for myself or pad my resume. He's like, cause I'm going to be like at the beginning, he's like, I'm going to represent you for free. He's like, I'm going to be Senator or governor of this great state right. of Washington. Yeah. Next, I thought he so. said he used to be a Senator. Maybe I missed that. Maybe I hate him. I I'm, thought it was, he was, he, he was, wanted he to be Senator. Like, that yeah. would make more, that would make more sense. Yeah, he was going to the it. other way around. Yeah. Dude, what about his fucking wicked ass set of chops and that, yeah, <laughs> that fucking stash that could just choke a donkey? It was like, who did you say? Yeah, the that's, lawyer was? that's William Devane. Who is he's in? He's been in a couple things. He was in um, Payback with uh, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. He's good Haven't in that. Him. He's been in a ton of ton of shit. But I thought it was fun to see him as a young buck because I've only ever seen him old. But. Uh, yeah i thought that was an interesting like little slice at like you can see like a different era of time is coming but they're not there yet and then yeah it is weird because he gets all that info and then he's like huh um yeah i get i guess i'll go back and die but i don't think yeah, right. he knows that, <laughs> that basically seemed yet. like where like, it ended like maybe he thinks he has more time or i don't know no, I think he. You can tell that he ta- he talked him into believing it because he he goes back to Miller and like gives her the same lines yeah. verbatim. You know what I mean? He comes back and he's like, "No, what are you talking about? Well, I'm gonna get my name in the paper. We're gonna be so big they can't That's do right. anything about it." 
So I think I think he I think he essentially buys into it. But but then he knows that next that, that next maybe? morning when he wakes up he knows something's off, you know, like right, right. away. Um, uh, what did something happen? I can't remember. Well, I think he's looking around town and everyone's kind of like hiding. So yeah, it's like ghost town. It's, it's like, like they know. Just feels off. I think I think the townspeople yeah. know. Like oh fuck, I'm not going outside because there's a a hit squad in town right sure. now. That's what I thought. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, that uh, that makes a little bit more sense too. But um, um, did you catch the character's name? I couldn't. I I don't remember his name at all. But it was the guy who was his friend. They end up becoming friends. He's the guy who's in the in the bar at the very beginning of kinda the movie. Kind of goofy looking. The taller dude. Is it the goofy dude? Yes. And kind of looks like uh, Freddy Krueger without the makeup. Robert England. I don't know if you've seen him without the makeup. A little bit. Yes. And he, he's the guy who comes back and basically tells him no deal. Like he's like, yeah, man, they said that they tried, but they're, they're oh, no, no, no. It's only you, this you're guy. talking about that's Smalley. He, he was the one that was always kind of like he seemed even at the beginning, he seemed like a more. Uh, like a higher, like a yes, more elite yeah. member. Fancier yeah, yeah, clothes. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the barkeep yep, Sheehan. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 okay, no, no so, yeah, yeah, his name is Mr. Smalley. Is that who, the, I can't, I didn't, Smalley, I didn't write okay. his name down, but I've seen, he's been in a bunch of other shit and I know him from Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. He gets a fucking, uh, he seemed like a solid character. They, I, uh, they didn't utilize him like, didn't very really, well. I mean, yeah. uh, he he in specific, his name's like John something, I can't remember it, but um he was a bigger name during that era. He was in a lot of lot Shuck. of stuff. So I think John he was Shuck. he definitely was underutilized. John Shuck. Yeah. Okay. Kind of look like a young Ron Perlman. Yes, he does. He's got the fucking cat mouth or the <laughs> I, uh, he looked like that guy from Deadwood to me. The uh the one that rolled with uh I've never seen Deadwood. I haven't either. Oh word. Well, he looks like uh, he's. Uh, I really like the line. He like comes to breakfast because you could tell his girl was Lil. You know, he was always beating yeah. Lil down. <laughs> and he, he comes up there, and she's serving him breakfast. He's like, "Oh, what what are you doing?" And she's like, "Oh, I cook now. I'm through uh, being a whore." And he's like, "Well, come on. <laughs> no, I gotta get. I I wrote the line down. Well, let me give it to you exactly because it was fucking hilarious." He's like, no, uh, I'm a cook now. He says, just think, you're throwing away all that good experience. There are, I liked that. Yeah, there are a bunch of good lines from not just McCabe through all kinds. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the part that drove me crazy with the subtitles because I have to watch everything Mm -hmm. with subtitles. It's just like, I, I have to. And I know there was so much during those like group conversations where it's like multiple people talking and then like, but it's focusing in on the action back here. Like there was a lot of conversations that were going on at the same time. And it's like, God damn it. I see all those things that you listed as faults for this, Steve. Like that's like me. I I liked it because of that. Uh, Or sometimes in spite of that, but uh, 
yeah i i that's what kind of endeared me to to this like you know i know it's real popular now to like do like the whole anti anti-hero thing you know and like right. you know it's not just like good and bad it's like you know even sometimes in some of the films like they try to humanize the bad guy and give you a little sliver but not enough and then there's the anti-hero who's like got a shitty backstory and it's like a redemption arc or it's like with this like i feel like during this time period that's kind of at play but they're also not afraid to make mccabe look like a piece of shit or like a little pussy you know like i mean he he, he gets bitched out right. after having the, coming in with the swagger and you see him knocked down i i like that they didn't you know pull punches and like just make this guy like oh yeah he's badass all the way through the film um especially at this like time period but um yeah i'm i'm still kind of like flabbergasted that you didn't like this film and like and like yeah. the specific and again no, i'm not trying to come down on your say like why didn't you like this film <laughs> okay i under, understand like how I you <clears throat> you pitched it it's like oh yeah like i you know the way that you experienced this film and interpreted it yeah. that's what you took from it totally cool it's just the way i looked at it is like complete opposite on all of that um so i'm still kind of even like the jokes like like i thought i thought it'd be enough for you to be like ah, okay i'm with mccabe um well even like i know you said you didn't like the way it was shot either but i uh i thought it was there's a lot of those kind of like bigger open shots right of him like traveling through that i thought were really good i like the scenery uh, the, the scenery darkness was nice. Yes, right. Scenery. Uh, it there there are a couple of scenes where it was really dark, and that uh, when I went back to try and look up stuff like facts about it and stuff, uh, I thought it was interesting that they say he pre-exposed parts of the film before he filmed mm-hmm. it, and uh, that was to give it t- kind of like a a more rougher uh, look, kind of like a grainier mm-hmm. look. And uh, also, they couldn't do anything with it at that point since it's already been pre-exposed. Like studios couldn't fuck with it at that point, which right. uh, yeah, was, I heard was another part of the yeah. Like he it was it. a creative control kind of piece. Like him sent like yeah. Well, right. I can't make any changes. The only way would have to be cost you way more money, and I have to go reshoot shit. So yeah, he kind of built in a little failsafe that way for which I mean I kind of like that about. I kind of like that about this guy. He's he's definitely a character like this director Robert Altman. He he's like highly acclaimed. He's done a lot of sh- uh, of shit um, in his career, and uh, he's he's up there as like one of the great directors. Or like that's how he's talked about. Um, what are, what are right. some this of his is, finest works? Because I don't know the name. So uh, close encounters of the third I kind. Good, no, right? <clears throat> no. Oh, I'm thinking of the guy. I'm thinking of the Lutzberg, the guy who did the shooting is who I'm thinking of. Zygmunt. Yeah. Vilmos Zygmunt uh, was his yes. director yep, of photography or uh, he was like his right hand man. But so Altman's claim to fame is MASH. The It was a movie before it was a show and it has a different, <laughs> completely different uh, cast. Um, it's got Donald Sutherland. Um and uh elliot gould actually this is a kind of a fun piece of trivia so <coughs> god damn it sorry <coughs> i think i have the black lung pop <coughs> uh, 
Jesus God damn it, Christ. Derek. You only been down there one day. Talk to me in 30 years. Talk to me after 30 uh, years. <laughs> it's like a jukebox one. I gotta, it's gotta finish. Um, Who's winning the match? <laughs> state. State. God damn it, Derek. You're dead to me. You're more dead to me than your dead mother. Yeah. <laughs> We're man. Um, yeah, so critically acclaimed director Robert oh. Altman, his mate. No, no, no. We're talking about credit so, is Mash. Mash. Elliot Gould was in that. So you're a fan of Friends, Steve. Sure. As oh, yeah. am I. Monica's dad. Uh, yep. S- Monica's dad. Okay. Yep. Have you ever seen him in anything else? Uh, Ocean's Eleven. Um, like I'm talking old, like pre like eighty or eighty five when he was like fucking on fire, strapping young lad. No. So he was in MASH. He he's actually like he's done a lot of shit, man. Um he was in MASH. Yeah. Highly acclaimed for him. Uh he he followed McCabe and Miss Miller up this film with another one of Altman's big films was um uh the long what is it? The Long Goodbye, starring Elliot Gold. So it Gould. It's um what is it? It's like one of those Philip Marlowe like uh like film noir like uh private investigator that's just kind of like a fucking bum and like he's got a cat and he fucking smokes cigarettes and he's like he's always late on his fucking rent payment and he gets into this like brilliant kind of like chinatown but not as refined of a fucking dude as jack nicholson he gets into like this big plot of intrigue and some wild shit it's a really good film that's another one of altman's claim to fames so he's like mash mccabe miss miller the Long Goodbye and Nashville. These are all like 69 to like 75. And then he came back later in like the nineties and did a bunch of stuff that was highly acclaimed as well. So, um, Hmm. Color yeah. me unimpressed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, like I watched a couple interviews with him. He does seem kind of like a, he, he's not a conventional director. He kind of like, he, he, plays along to his own music kind of blowhard douche that's kind of the vibe i got yeah i in some of the interviews he uh, seemed very willing to be self-deprecating which i thought endeared me to him like he he did not he was like yeah that was on me i fucked that up you know like he (laughs) he he seemed pretty chill actually while being a little eccentric anyway uh, so yeah, we've kind of danced around a couple of the plot points. Like this guy blows into town. Oh, another one I wrote down. It's like, uh, when he, when we, we first get into, uh, McCabe and he's wheeling and dealing, he gets a bottle for these like 15 guys. He's setting up five card stud, five card draw poker. And, uh, he's like, Hey Bart, you know how to square a circle? You shove a four by four up a mule's ass. Like boom, I, right I away. I was like, love that yeah. one. I like this guy. Um, so then I, Another part of this film, I don't know if I knock it. It's just kind of, it's a weird transition. It is weird that he just blows into town and you don't know anything about him. It's like, does he, does he have money with him or did he just come to this place? And like, this is his origin story for this phase in his life. He's like, I'm going to wheel in, I'm going to blow into this town and try to make some money uh, just real quick. But then he realizes, oh, this could be a good opportunity to like, do this like mini expansion, try to get a stake in a, in the tavern they're building stuff. It's, it's pretty unclear because then it's, it goes from that opening scene to, I don't know, days, weeks, months later. And he's kind of like this de facto, like, uh, 
sole proprietor of the town or he's got a stake in almost everything. They have yeah. like one church, maybe a little like grain store or something. And, you know, a restaurant, whorehouse tavern. And he's kind of at the fort, like he owns all of it. He's cool. He's buddy, buddy. It seems like with the whole town and he's, he goes into town. He buys three, he buys three prostitutes. He's got that going. It is kind of weird how they just go right from that to that. Um, I will. Well, there was, there was so much range in, in his stupid character that it, it made his fall later so much worse. Cause yeah, he comes to town. And he's like Mr. Smart Guy, sort of taking advantage of the the idiot townsfolk. Swab. And then it turns out like, oh no, he's right. also just dumb as shit. So, yeah, he's just he's he's seen an opportunity I, and he's just he's playing it out. Like, but yeah, it would it would be nice moment. to know like where did this money come from? Did it come from his yeah. previous career? I can't imagine he's just a card cheat stealing money from all these people because they would kill him. No. Yeah. And he did have a story. I mean, that, no, because that it's not like he meets Sheehan in that moment. It's not like he knew that guy. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, or at least that, that, as I was watching it, this is what I thought. He comes in here because everyone's asking about him. Because I think at one point he even asks, he says, uh, yeah, his name's McCabe. And he's like, McCabe, the guy yeah, who shot John yeah, Pudgy McCabe. He's like, he didn't say his name. And he's like, yeah, McCabe. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. So he clearly has some kind of 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 background or at least reputation yeah. that he's got going for him. So Fair. my read of it as as I was watching it is okay, he's he's already kind of scoped this town out and now he's coming up here because he's kind of having that dialogue with himself as he's as he's coming into town. You know what I mean? He's getting off the horse and he's like, "Oh, there's there's goddamn sexier." Yeah, that's what I'll say. That's what, what do you mean? There's only sexier. <laughs> and he's like kind of like chatting with himself, right? And then he gets in there and he fucking rips out his own poker table, gets it all set up, gets everything, you know, uh, gets rolling, gets the beer, like, you know, getting friendly with the guys. So I was thinking he's he's scoped this town out. He's come in here to see exactly how fucking dumb these people are. You know, he can he can deal cards. Okay, so boom, he does this and knows he can set up a whorehouse here and take it down. Like, I think that he had that goal in mind all along. Uh at least that's what I thought as I was watching it because uh, he seemed to kind of already have the plan formulated. Yeah. Like he knew he wanted to talk to that guy for the chippies. Yeah. yeah so, so he's got a cursory lay on the land. Yeah. That that's a good point to, to bring that stuff up. And another thing <clears throat> I, that I like that endears me to this character and in, in this film as well is when he, he first blows into town and then subsequent to that, like, they don't play him as a complete dick who just sees all these people as like ways to get ahead. He, he sure does that, but mm-hmm. I feel like there's enough moments, even at the right at the beginning, he's like wheeling and dealing to get a bottle. And he's like, you know, you $3. He's like, I'll cover two. You, you know, you'll get a percentage of this, you know, and j- right. just the way he's like, hey, get these boys a bottle, you know, like he's not a complete fucking asshole. And I think as, at least yeah. maybe to the halfway point of this film. I feel like whether he would admit it or not, or if you want to throw him that bone, I feel like he does. He's not just cold hearted and looking out for himself a hundred percent in that town. I think he's got kind of a stake no. that builds up, even though like he is looking to sell, there is a figure, but that's like his like, you know, dream, like 
goal. He didn't right. see the mining company coming in. You know, he was right. He was playing his hand and trying to build this thing up in Presbyterian church. But then things change once right. the mining company comes in and, um, Miss you Miller, know, then he knew, sees that as a potential coming, jumping off point. Yep. Yeah. Cause she even What's said that? at one point, like, oh, she fuck, did. I knew they were coming or something like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, so the next well, thing too, I want to, I want to get into is when the mining company actually comes in to the picture and, and starts talking to McCabe. And at this point too, he's like, he's pretty fucking pissed. Like he's gotta be like three sheets to the wind. And then he goes in and he starts drinking more yeah. and the mining company's like, Hey, uh, yeah, we're real interested in all your holdings, everything. We want to come mine and basically buy out the town. So it's like a company town, you know, like, uh, McCabe's like sitting there. He's like, Oh, I'm, I'm suave as shit. He's like, I'm, I'm drunk also. So, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to play this super hard, you know, and they come at him with like $5,500, uh, from the MH yep. Harris and Shaughnessy mining company. Um, and that's when we get, I'll stop after this. So you got, you guys can interject, but the best, my favorite joke in the, in the movie is, um, McCabe says, say you boys know about the one about the frog that got ate by the Eagle. He says, there's this big old Eagle. He swoops down, gobbles up the frog. Frog's inside of the eagle. They're way up in the air, and the frog's working his way back, working his way back through the eagle. He looks out the eagle's ass and says, Hey, eagle, how high up are we? And the eagle says, Well, we're up about a mile, two miles. And the frog says, Hey, uh, well, you wouldn't ship me now, would you? Yeah, and, and the look on the two guys' faces, who are like, like, Yeah, oh, that's yeah, hilarious. That's, that's, that was me good. the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, I don't know if it was just like, like the time that it, I was watching that and like, I wasn't expecting it. And it just kind of, I was like, I'm, I'm a sucker for those kinds of jokes too anyway. But yeah, right. the way I, I really like the way, uh, uh, Warren Beatty, uh, plays this. Like he's got like a, it's, it's a weird accent too. It's not like a full Southern, like generic western kind of drawl it's got a it's got some nuance to it uh and he's also got like a gold tooth on like one of his front incisors that kind of gives him a little texas whistle like weird kind of thing affectation to his voice yeah i just like the way i liked his character that they that they incorporated like he's always got these one-liners and he's kind of flying by the seat of his pants uh i kept thinking he kind of looks like um like Ethan Hawke. That's not one that jumps right to my mind, but I guess I could see it. Maybe. A, 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 I, initially, I thought it was the uh, the guy from uh, Alien, the first Alien. I thought that's uh, what it was. Tom Skerritt? Uh, the captain. Dallas? Yeah. yeah. Like a young Tom Skerritt. Yeah, I, I was like, that. oh, damn, that's him. No, that was from Dick Tra- Boy Dick Tracy. Or is Clyde from Bonnie and Clyde. No, I'm talking Warren Beatty. Or Tom Skerritt not. played uh, Viper. Oh yeah, in uh, Top well. Gun. So, what do you guys think of this this scene uh, with uh, the mining company and how he plays it? Like, just total idiot, or would you play super thought, hardball too? No, I, I. That's kind of the whole dilemma. I think like that's I think that I think that's fucked up. Where it's like a place comes in and it's like, hey, we're gonna give you fifty five hundred, and like even if your plan was to sell it, to say no and be like, no, I'm good. Uh, and then they come back like, all right, well, sixty-two fifty, where wherever yeah, they land, seven, right? Seven and he still is like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Right. It's like if so, his options 
at that point, then we're like, well, get fucked and die and we'll yeah. take it anyways. Where it's like, if he, what if he really had no intention of selling and he just wanted to hold on to the land? You know what I mean? He's like, no, I got a pretty good setup here. Uh, I'm making good money. Like, I'm cool. I'm just going to keep what I have. And it's like, well, well, sorry. We're just going to fucking Is that part of, like, the message part for you, Steve? Like, he came back and, like, why do they got... But what if that's realistic? And, like, I I didn't feel like they were trying to play it dramatically or for, like, like to, like, like they're clutching their pearls. Like, see how fucked up this is? To me, I took it's like, yeah, that's fucked up. And, you know, it's like we weren't as... we, We haven't been super civilized for very long and even now we're we're fucking not either right not that far so that i don't know that's just the way i took it yeah well i mean you can feel in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up first but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i i did can do that i did think that was one of the other underlying themes that i didn't i didn't really want to get into too much because it's kind of like the big the big bad business people coming into town and bullying people it's like um if you wanted to be really sort of historically accurate, uh, they would they would sort of have a tough they, well they would have a tough go of it. Like yeah, the the big company might not offer, but there would also be like a lot of people there willing to kill you if you tried to come in and take their shit. Like it it wouldn't be right. as like as much of a pushover as McCabe is in this movie. Like please don't take everything from me and kill me. You know there'd be a bunch of people yeah. there like no fucking let's go come on. Um, one thing I wanted to write, I wanted to mention before I forgot is, um, I was very confused about the, the value of money in this movie at at several times because there was like a potato for a penny. Um, you could rent a room for a quarter. You could get a hooker for $5. Uh, that was the highest tier hooker. Pricey. That's the pricey. I think everything else was a dollar, but the guy, the guys were getting paid. 15 cents an hour after a full day's work. Right. But then they were betting single dollars up to five. And I I just thought there was a lot of disparity between the, uh, like what's, how far does a dollar go back then is my question. Sure. Um, And also hot potatoes for a penny. My last complaint for now is the uh, the music in this movie was absolutely fucking abysmal. I hated it so much. Uh, the music is uh, I'm I uh, let's do this now. Let's do this now. Uh, can either of you get to Bill Paxton? Oh boy. Um, let's see. Think on it. We can we can continue and get to it later yeah, if you I'll want. Keep but it, that's I'll, you, I'll keep you it can do it in the background. Is it it? Small hint: Is it related to the music because that you got triggered by yes. the music? Okay. Yes. Damn it! I don't even have a starting point because I I didn't look anything up because I was too upset and I felt personally attacked by this movie. Um, <laughs> well, I I thought I was like, man, it's uh, it's a it's a advantage player coming into town to clean up the. I thought you would yeah, love this. Guy I wanted too. to. It seemed like. <laughs> A card shark, gunslinger coming into town, and then he just turned yeah. into like a a, men, a mentally no, crybaby yeah. bitch who dies. And it was a small story. It was a very, very small. Like I get, it's like this guy comes into town, sets up an enterprise, uh, meets this hooker who is a junkie, and it's like that. That's the arc is in that in that story. So. I, it's not like a, a typical, you know, you where you watch the rise and fall of several different people throughout different 
aspects of life. Like this one felt to me like it's a, Can, you know, you're looking at about a two year time span of this story in, in, in totality. Can you give us a lead off hint for the music to Bill Paxton? Yeah. Yes. I, Leonard Cohen is the guy oh, who yeah, did all the music. Um, <laughs> let's see. He's Jewish. So is Cedar Sinai. That's where Bill Paxton died. Thank you. Move. Damn. Perfect. Nice. Leonard Cohen it did the, is that the one. Of, is so that the I got there. Guy? Okay. I don't think so. Never mind. Maybe. I don't know. I just know he did one of the, uh, he did the theme song for True Detective. Oh, shit. Mahershala Ali was the lead in True mm-hmm. Detective, who also was in Hunger Games. With? Who was with... Uh, who the fuck is... Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm blanking. Woody Mahershala Ali. He was Mahershala in... Mahershala Ali? Oh, he, yeah. yeah season three of True Detective, which I don't think you've seen that season. I've, I think on the podcast, I... I was like, you I have didn't to even watch think it. there was a season three. <clears throat> oh yeah, season three yeah. is really good. See, I like season three more too. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. oh my god, the guy who passed away, I cannot. He uh, OD'd. You guys talked about it. And Twister, he's the he's the ch- oh, he's Philip, Philip, the long. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ! I can't. So Philip Seymour Hoffman from Hunger Games into Twister. Okay. Bill gotcha. Paxton. I'm too dumb. Yeah, for that I was game. had that one cocked and ready for you. Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to bounce off of Warren Beatty and Dick Tracy because there was a shit ton of people in Dick Tracy. Yeah, sure. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a quick one. one. I got one. That's just Shelly Duvall in The Shining with Jack Jack Nicholson. Yep. Who's in as good as it gets with Helen Hunt, Twister, boom. Nice. There you go. Holy shit, Steve, you fucking (laughs) barbarian dude. You are a cinephile, dude. It just happened to be like the seven movies I've ever seen all combined yeah. in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So we talked a little bit about Miss Miller. Um, I, I want to just brush over her. I have a little bit of trivia on her too. Um, so like her name is, she's uh, the actress is Julie Christie. And when I heard that, I was like, Oh, like my mind automatically wanted to go to like fucking, uh, Mary Poppins for some reason, but I know that's not her, but I knew she was British. Um, and she is that was Julie like highly Andrews? acclaimed. Is that who you're thinking of? Probably just the name, Julie. I don't know. I'm British. Like... Julia. Chad. I'm sure that's what it was, but either way, this Julie Christie, actually, she has more in common with like the more I read about her. Like she was like a, a UK, uh, version of Jane Fonda. Who was it? She like she was an actress. She was in a, a few things, a lot of things, and she's a highly acclaimed actress. And she also had like all these causes, like um, world hunger, and I, I think too something with animals. I think she was like like rights for animals and uh, anti poaching. So she she did a lot of like humanitarian and kind of philanthropic things. And so did Julie Christie. Like later, like at the midpoint or maybe later in her life. I thought that was interesting, but she's actually like a five time uh, or four time Oscar nominated actress. And she actually won the Oscar in 1966 um, for, I can't remember what the film's called, but she was also nominated for uh, best actress award for McCabe, Miss Miller in 
which I thought was wild. I mean, I think she did a great job, but like oh, no looking kidding. back on it, I'm like, was it Oscar worthy? I don't know. I mean, no. yeah. But uh, I, I thought she had a lot of layers and like a must lot have been of, a lean like, year. I wonder what her competition was. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see too. But what I read too is that the movie is pretty high. It's known like it's a it's considered a a classic, I guess. Right? I mean, everything I'm reading is it's like the way it was shot. the The director, uh, the the dude who actually shot it, right? Um. And now her, you know, nominated for an Oscar. Like it, it definitely had. It was a, it was a big title and had. I've seen had it mentioned as like a lesser sure. classic, um, like a low tier. Yeah, I think so, that's. A I mean, it's got good to, ratings yeah. on. It's got pretty high rating on IMDb, which is a pretty good barometer if something's like actually good or really fucking sucks, mm-hmm. as opposed to like Rotten Tomatoes, in my opinion. Um, I think it's got like a seven point eight. I feel like everything on IMDb is between like a six eight and an eight two. I think that's good though, because it like really like, it's gotta be fucking super exceptional to be actually good. Like, I mean, Shawshank's one of the few that's like in the high nineties and it's remained there for like at least a decade, you know? So, so sometimes when you look at like rotten tomatoes, you'll see the critics have it at 95 and the people have it at 50 or, you know, vice versa. I was surprised. That's not to really a that- good barometer though, because they're not actually rating that. It means like that's the percentage of critics that thought it was good. So they could no. be better than 50% as being good or 60% or whatever. No, I, I get that. But what I mean is like sometimes you'll see that huge disparity between the people and the critics or whatever. I was right. kind of surprised to see this one. It was pretty tight on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's like 86 and 84 or. Or whatever it was, I, I was kind of surprised because damn, oh damn, yeah, because it was because it was so bad. I should say that's why I was. Surprised. <laughs> they say um, <laughs> that guy would have been nominated, the mm-hmm. uh, the guy who shot it, the Zygmunt, but he wasn't. Uh, some of the the trivia stuff that I read, he wasn't part of any association. The uh, ASC he ended up being a part of in seventy. I think it was or 73 uh, otherwise they say he would have won an award for it because everybody talks huh. about the way it was shot how good it is and how, how you know oh, so- uh, the actual cinematography of it and then he ends up getting a part of that association uh, and then he he does win the, uh, the award oh, okay. in 78 for Close Encounters oh damn and they were like well he probably would have won it for this too but he was kind of like shunned because he wasn't in any of these. He wasn't part That's of a union a, hit a, job, a guild, I guess, or some kind of motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one other thing too, about this film that I liked and it kind of, I don't, I don't know if I'll add it to the bucket of like anti-Western and here's why I just, I, I thought it was interesting that most Westerns, you know, it's like, you know, you're out in like, I don't know, Arizona or Texas or, and it's like flat and it's dry. There's tumbleweeds. It's fucking desolate. Kind of, or You're out in the West. In Mexico. Yeah. But this one, they're in like the Pacific Northwest. And so like, at, especially at the end too, I feel like the environment ha- adds a different dynamic to like, cause not only that it's fucking snowing, but it's like the terrain is different. They're kind of like up in, up in the hills, up in the mountains, like think like gold yeah. country kind of settlement and but yeah it, that that morning where all the shit goes down in the last act um 
It's like there's shit ton of snow. It's like at least fucking four or five, six feet, and it's coming down the whole time. So yeah. that's I thought that was an interesting in in the lens of Western anti-Western. This movie um, is at play, and it's it's a stark contrast to like most westerns you think about, um, which I liked. And honestly, like at the end, like I I like that you know he gets he just gets murdered unceremoniously and and i like kind of it was like a gut punch because to me i bought the relationship of miss miller and mccabe like i bought that like he 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 wants to move with her he wants to go set up shop she's talking about going to like portland and going to like where it's like more civilized and they're kind of like out in this periphery and like i feel like the feelings that they're having like it's definitely he definitely is way more into her than she is into him She's got her own problems and shit, but I feel like <clears throat> yep. given the opportunity, they would have made that jump. They would have gone. And so when you realize before McCabe does that, like, yeah, shit's going to hit the fan. It's not going to, it's not going to be a happy ending. And it, it delivers on that kind of that warning sign or that, that ominous nature of the film. I like how it doesn't fucking pull Absolutely. it back and see like, yeah, it's happy. Makes it out this like, not clearly not a gunslinger dude. And, and, trumps this seven foot badass named butler that's just like a killer i like that it plays it pretty straight like yeah this is although it does give you that little like gotcha at the end when he's holding that like saturday night special that little ass like two dollar pistol but i like how they didn't they didn't linger on it and it's just like real quick and it's like yep gotcha he's like one more trick up his sleeve you know and uh and then he's just like, yeah, and the townspeople in the background, the church is on fire. And then they have their own little side plot where they put it out. And it's like they've done something yeah. together as a town. They're rejoicing, juxtaposed with over here, McCabe's gone through this shit and he's just dead and he's getting fucking snowed on. And it reminded me, like I was thinking about, because Shelly Duvall was in this. I'm sure that's why it was in my brain. I was like, oh, shiny. And it was like, he goes out just like fucking old Jack does at the end, just getting fucking snowed on, freezing like an icicle wall. You know, these people get to go to freedom. They've saved their church, but, um, yeah, I, I liked all of that about this, this film. And especially this last act was, was pretty, it felt tense. You know, it wasn't action packed. It was kind of like this guy just like a slippery ass trout, like trying to scramble his way out of this. And I kind of, I felt like I was right there with him. Like, Oh fuck, you don't have a gun now. The fucking priest took your shotgun. What the fuck are you going to do now? You know, like. (laughs) <laughs> yeah fucking priest uh why why is it mrs origin miller? unclear again what do you mean yeah. why what do you mean why is it miss miller you definitely don't get huh she's not married she doesn't got a man why Good is it point. mrs i don't know maybe she just wanted to add some like uh yeah because it seems intentional i just am curious i mean there's got to be something wrong. i would bet you any amount of money that it's in the book sure even though there's time to flush it all out. Plenty of time in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it was uh I it was a good flick. I apologize for overhyping it. And I in hindsight too, I shouldn't have compared it to I should or I should have put a, a caveat to like the cool hand Luke that it's more just like a film film during that era. <laughs> like it's not I think I, I, I oversold totally. it in that regard, <laughs> <Yeah>. but um <laughs> It's a very me? different film, but I didn't like Cool Hand Luke either. 
Yeah, we know. Chill out. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it at least on a just like a a basic a surface level. And Steve, you did not. Yeah, totally. And it's right because Steve, you said you're not a big Western guy, but you guys went on a Western tear, didn't you? You did like four or five Westerns in a row that you liked. We had some good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Those were like, to his credit, they were pretty cream of the crop. Like Western, like all time that really no one argues against. Um, Yeah. Clint Eastwood. Right. You did the, the trilogy. Um, I'm curious about this. Have either of you seen, and specifically to you, Steve, have you seen Unforgiven from 92 no. with Morgan Freeman? And Okay. I'd nope. be interested to hear your take on that one because that's one I, re- I don't feel like lives up to the hype. And I didn't, like when I watched it, it kind of fell flat for me because that's like one of the, I think it was filmed in 92. So at that time it was like a resurgence, maybe not like genre wide, but like, Clint Eastwood just plopping out this Western at that time. Yeah. It was kind of like, it, it was a more modern jump from like the films mm. in the seventies. Like it, it looks totally different than uh, even one of his films, you know, like uh fistful of dollars or outlaw Josie Wales. It's it, it looks like a modern film, like a film from the nineties, like the grain, the film, so film stock and everything. Mm. But um, the story, I just didn't care for It's just like, and it's hyped as like, Oh, one of the best Westerns of all time. You got Clint Eastwood, Morgan Freeman, but what I is think, it? Outlander. Uh, it's called unforgiven. <laughs> unforgiven. So I dead ass. I, was like, I, I don't remember at all. Like to me, it's like, I'd much rather it's like, give me open range over that any fucking day of the week, you know, yeah. or even, or even tombstone. Fuck it. I'd even go tombstone. so far as like young guns. Like <laughs> that's just a, a good time, but all right. Yeah. I heard the, uh, the new, uh, magnificent seven was that like five years ago was pretty bad, even though it has a I like all-star it. cast. I haven't seen it, but I watched a piece of it and I wasn't blown away and evidenced by, I never came back to it or tried to finish it, but, you it like is weird because I love Denzel. I like. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty honestly though. I'm pretty easy going on. Like, I had a a friend who was the most fucking obnoxious person in the world when it came to movies, and we would go watch a movie, and we'd get out, and if this movie didn't fucking change his life, then it was <laughs> a, a dog shit movie. <laughs> And it, it's like, I'm not rethinking my entire life. This movie was trash. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, so I, <laughs> he made me like it. I like a lot. Like, it's pretty hard for me to not. I, I can very easily find something from a movie, even if it's a bad movie mm-hmm. and be like, it wasn't that I liked it because of this. Right. So I say I like a lot, but uh, I did like Magnificent Seven or whatever it was called. Well, I think that's a good mindset to have. I think it's better to go in with positive expectations than the, than the opposite. Even though I just shit all over this movie. Yeah, no. I mean, at least you went in with, you know. I think you say you're pretty good about giving everything a fair shake, right? Yeah, I try. Every movie you go into, you're like, well, I'm going to watch it and see how I feel. I want to like them. Yeah, I, 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 it's good, though, because I, I was kind of clouded by, like, me. My thought of this was, like... I thought this is invincible. Like he'll like it for sure. Like this is, this is a banger, but yeah, it seems like it it would hit all the right boxes for sure. Yeah. And I think there's been a couple other movies that I was wrong about that you, that you have not liked. Um, that I think this is another like 
wake up call. Hey, all right, I need to. I need to. I think there's only been more. like one or two that I haven't liked, right? Yeah. Where did you fall on Blade Runner again? Hated Blade Runner. It was dog yeah. dog shit. And what was the one you guys didn't record? Highlander. Highlander. Well, Highlander. We tried to record it, but <laughs> I didn't hit the record button. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you didn't like that one, <laughs> Steve? Uh, no, I li- I liked it. It was fine. Oh, I can't. Oh, okay. I, I I thought I remember it being Blade Runner and Highlander for some reason, and I was like, oh man, the no, two things Jim really loves. The fucking burbs that people are <laughs> freaking out about, but. That's right. The burbs. That's right. That's right. So I, burbs, I was pretty shocked that you did not like the burbs. Like I really was. Cause I know you like, or I feel like you like Tom Hanks well enough. So I, yeah, I thought I that would and, be enough to carry you through. I mean, it's fine. It's not like it didn't change my life. Yeah. So this movie, <laughs> I not only didn't like, I actively disliked it. The burbs. Yeah. I just thought was like, no, that's just, I didn't care for it. I get why people. Wow, so you liked if you had to compare those two. I know it's apples to oranges, but if you had to compare the Burbs and this, you liked. You had less of a bad time watching the Burbs than this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that blows me away even more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was dumb, but at least it was kind of funny. This movie was dumb and upsetting, (laughs) and kind of funny and upsetting. (laughs) all right well yeah i just checked the stats here it looks like it's dropped me down previous we were at you you'd like 22 and dislike four so that gives me an approval rate of 84.6 percent so now we're down to an 81.5 percent do you have uh those specifics like can you tell us the 4g baby yes uh so in order, it was Blade Runner. And that math doesn't uh, yep. make sense. If it's 4 out of 22, that should be 88, right? You're the advantage player, not us, dude. Well, no, because we've watched 26 movies total. Of the 26, you've only liked 22, you disliked 4. So that's 26. that was how I arrived at my approval rate. Oh, Unless okay. my math's just way wrong. I don't think it is, though. What were the 4 that I didn't like? Blade um, Runner... Blade Burbs. Runner, The Burbs versus which I was I was pretty sure that you weren't gonna like that. Um, yeah, yeah, because it sucked. <laughs> and then Possession, which probably not yeah, a stretch but... too. But I th- I thought there was enough. I thought there may have been enough that you thought it was like weird enough that it brought you to the well. Other and side. you had mentioned that Possession wasn't you had disliked it, but it wasn't. It was closer to being liked than disliked. Yeah, right? it was. It... It was it was right on the the boundary. Word. If if we had had subtitles, I think I would have liked it. So, all right. I would still I would well, still put enough. your batting average pretty high. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's see. The colloquial corner. Do you guys have any other sayings or phrases that you've heard recently that you either like or hate? You want to bash on? Um, dirty word, dirty word. I had somebody say the other day, and I thought that that was absolutely amazing. It was this uh, older gentleman who was coming in to do some work on uh, one of the machines, 
and he'd been working on it for like fucking six hours and oh, could he not w- figure it out. He was inserting and this as a, a clean way. I was like, dude, this is getting fucked. I was like, this sucks. We got to get this rolling. He's like, I know. I don't know, man. And he's trying all these things. He's scratching his head and he's like, dirty word, dirty word. <laughs> <laughs> is this that same piece of shit from Massachusetts? No, no, no. Different no, machine? Yep, different machine. That guy is. It depends on what you're doing. So when you come over here, it depends on what you're doing. If you're going to run something this way, you got to do it this way. Otherwise, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, that guy was great. I've heard a variant of that. I've heard I've heard someone ironically say dirty fucking words when they were mm-hmm. working on something that was really giving them hell. Uh, yeah. Working on a car. Um Steve, you got anything? Yeah. So going back to what <laughs> I had prefaced earlier about uh, a super dark idea. Yeah. That I think is a do. good a good thing for people. So I, <laughs> 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 I hope you're ready. So I think we can all agree that child pornography is bad, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think we can also agree that theft of personal property is bad. So if I'm walking down the street and somebody takes my wallet, that's bad. But if I call the cops and say, hey, this guy just stole my wallet, they're probably going to say, well, awesome. Good luck. Sorry about that. We'll look into it when we can. But here's my idea. So if I take every somewhat valuable item I own, like my phone, wallet, laptop, whatever, and put a, uh, an Apple air tag in it. Right. Is that what it's called? A little like tracking device. Yeah. Yeah. So if I do that and then I also take a naked picture of myself as a child, which I have and put that (laughs) in every item I have. Okay. Yeah. If it gets stolen and I, and I call the cops and say, Hey, some guy stole my phone. Oh my God. And they say, Oh shit. Sorry, we'll do the best we can. If I say, I have reason to believe this person is also possessing child pornography, they're going to go after him. Because it's not against the law for me to have a naked picture of myself as a child, right? I don't think so. Yep. Thank you. But it is for them to have it. So, ipso facto... Don't steal. Right. Guaranteed. You're going to get your wallet back. I yeah. I think you've, you've and, opened and, yourself up. And they're going to go to jail, not for taking my wallet, but for being a fucking pervert. Petter ass. Yeah. Right. I think they'd be able sound, to sound pretty easily decipher like where that file came from. Like, no, hard, hard, hard copy, brother. Hard, oh, a hard copy, uh, like a, a photograph. Sure. Right. Just his baby donger, dude. Yeah. I've got pics <laughs> of me turtle, as a kid covered in chicken pox. turtle paw. <laughs> front and back. Um, I guess. It just yeah, seems a, weird. I feel father, like. Don't you think that's a good idea? I just feel like as an investigator, I'd be like, where did you get a picture of the guy that you stole this from? Yeah, break. No, it's a picture of Steve. I thought. Yeah. Right, but when they find the thief, sure. Like, uh huh. Why do you? Would you ever cop to like 
Oh, okay. So you could just say, oh, that's that's not me. You wouldn't admit to like, oh, that's me. You just that's just some random. Like, I don't know. This guy just has child porn on on the phone that he stole from me. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'm thinking somehow at the digital level they'd be able to tell that it was you or that it came from your computer. But yeah, if you're doing a hard copy, then it's like I feel they would open up though, like, how did you know that he had this? Or how did you know that he was in possession of you're like, I don't know. I, feel like, I had a fucking gut feeling. I don't know. Man. The guy who pulled a knife on me and said, give me your phone. He just seemed like a guy that would have child porn with him. He said, give me your phone and all the child pornography you had. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, I gave him, I gave him most of it, but I'm going to, I'm going to hold some back. I had, I had the phone. So I just, I, I believed he uh, received the rest of it from somewhere else. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard there's been stories out of like LA where people call the cops like, Hey, this guy stole my laptop. And they're like, cool, we'll get to him when we can. And so they lie. Like, uh, he pulled a gun on me and they're like, Oh fuck. All right. Now we have to go check it out. Damn. So it would be a good way to be like, this guy stole my wallet. And I have reason to believe that he is, uh, currently in possession of child porn without telling him. Wouldn't you get like for something like that though? If like, Oh buddy pulled a gun on me. Wouldn't you get like fucking Jussie Smollett on that? Yeah, I saw a clip actually recently of uh, some people that got fucked doing that because yeah. like that was like a loitering issue, right? This guy was filming something. Uh, he was like on the on the sidewalk. I went down a fucking YouTube rabbit hole. I'm, <laughs> I can't. I can't believe I'm gonna admit this, but Do I it. was uh, watching videos. Uh, what what was it? It was uh, military reunions that make you cry. Hell yeah! And then. Uh, <laughs> And then I just kind of started getting into other videos from there. You know how it goes. Yep. And so then I ended up on police being owned. Sure. And so uh, (laughs) there's this one guy who does, uh, who he like takes these clips of people doing these things, uh, exercising their rights, whatever it is. Well, this guy was on the road and he's filming this like fucking mill. This is what we call a first amendment audit. Is what you're talking about. Yes, it's exa- <laughs> yes, exactly. That is verbatim what he called yeah. it, actually. Yes. Yeah. And um, so he's out there just fucking filming. And the guys come up and they're like, hey, turn your fucking camera off. And he's like, no. And he's like, this is private property. He's like, that's great. This is the sidewalk. It's public. I'm fucking right here. Yeah. And so long story less long. They call the cops. Cops are like, yeah, if he's on the sidewalk, uh, don't be so fucking sensitive, I guess. Yeah. And they're like, he's waving a gun around, I think. Oh, and they're like, fuck. you think or is he? And and then they hang up. Some other lady calls like, there's a man out here filming and he has a gun. So they're like, all right, fucking a. God. So they drive out there and they're like, all right, where's the gu-? they're like, sir, we got to patch it down. Whoop de whoop. And he's like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go, go through it. I'm just I know my rights. And they're like, okay, that's great. We just need to search you because they said you had a gun. So they fill them all up. Boom, 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 boom. Nope, no gun. Now they're fucking hot. So they go into the mill and they just start ripping people out. Like, who the fuck said he had a gun? And the guy, the owner, <laughs> starts just sending people to the fucking... He's like, it was her. <laughs> and, this <lady's> like, <laughs> and this lady's like... Uh, it was that bitch. So the cop just starts, <laughs> he starts ringing these people up. He's like, you can fucking... He's like, I can take you to jail right now for... I, I can't remember what it was, Fi- but there's some law about... Well, you know it, Steve. Yeah, don't. filing like a false police report or, or, a, or yes. a fake 911 call. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and uh, yeah, I hate to. It was. Uh, I hate to give stupid people ideas, but you could just be like, "I saw him waving the gun. He must have thrown it away." Like that's what I saw. You know, but if you're like, yeah. oh, I, I called you so you'd come out here quicker, that's where you get in trouble, right. people. Yeah. Don't yep. do that. Yep. Yeah. That's funny. Every I, now and then I need a good YouTube cry, you know? Dude, it's funny you wrote that down. I, I wrote down when you mentioned that I've been on a subreddit uh, a, a few more times than I care to admit called uh happy crying dads <laughs> oh my god yes. fucking dude there's dude, a couple there's some of them, of them that fucking they'll knock you down bro yeah they'll sit you down dude there was one i'll say Sp- one real quick there was one this uh this deaf dad uh oh god was he deaf or was What'd he you blind say? i th- <laughs> i think he was deaf nice damn it i'm pretty sure he was deaf anyway his son who was like 18 or 19 had died like catastrophically in a car accident like someone hit him like a drunk driver hit his son and killed him and um i think before he like flatlined like when he was on the way to the hospital i don't know how they did it but they like recorded his heartbeat or whatever and they put it in like a fucking build-a-bear so like you could feel the vibration of his of his heart or like the, the beats per minute or whatever. And he got yeah. it. This dad got it in the mail for like Christmas or something like his wife or whoever. And, uh, it. yeah. And they, he grabs it and it puts it against and she tells him like what it is. And he, he's just ah! like, I was like, Oh God, dude, that's so yeah. intense. Like, yeah. yeah, that's like a, a, one of those cathartic moments where you just need to like, <laughs> I need to feel something. Dude, I think I started with like sports moments, like sports moments that'll make you cry. Dude. And then you go into, and then you run out of those, and then you go Whitney into Houston military hit, reunion. Whitney Houston hitting the fucking the Star Spangled Bath, Bath Banner in 92 <laughs> Super Bowl. Dude. Yeah. That one will get you. Dude, reactions to that like live, like the people filmed on like a camcorder. I've gone down that rabbit hole too, are pretty fucking awesome too. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. All right. Well, that's going to put a pin in uh, old McCabe and Miss Miller. Uh, Even though Steve didn't like it or probably wouldn't recommend it. I think it's an awesome, uh, I won't go anti-Western now. It's a Western film. It's just an older film uh, that takes place during, I think, an interesting time in westerns. I haven't seen a lot of westerns that are set like right on the like the precipice of moving into like a new era, quite like this. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I, I say it's a a lighter classic. I think is a good encapsulation. But wrong. Um, <laughs> if if anyone has any thoughts uh, about this flick uh please let us know or anything else in general you can reach out to us uh, via email at wax at waxing the porpoise.com or either of our socials we're on instagram at waxing the porpoise and twitter at waxing the porp um yeah i would i would actually love to hear from other people what they think about this movie i mean i might just yeah. be on my fucking period or something but <laughs> i had very strong feelings <laughs> yeah a lot stronger than i thought but yeah that would be please do if anyone's i know this is kind of a deeper cut and it's it's quite a bit older flicks so yeah i hadn't heard of it i hadn't heard of it either i 
So I'd be interested if there's uh, a reason for anyone that. else. Yeah. Well, also they're probably not 60 or 70 listening to this podcast, but um, cool. Thanks again to uh, Staring John for joining us. Do you do you want to plug what's I forgot your I didn't have it down here like a fucking asshole. Your yes, Twitch? I would absolutely love to. Yeah. So twitch.television, twitch.tv slash kinetic underscore onslaught spelled O N S L O T. Play lots of uh, retro games. Actually, just gave away a sealed copy of Battletoads nice. Double Dragon. Uh, brand new. Come on by Tuesdays, Thursdays, 5.30 Pacific Standard Time. Run for four hours right now. We're doing Battle of Olympus. It's a real good time. Come in, talk some shit. Just uh, Also, I'm going to be giving away a million dollars. So come on by. Check it out. Give the channel a like. Uh, maybe you'll win it. You never know. Nice. You never know. All righty, fellas. Well, uh, thanks again for John for coming on coming on and talking uh film we'll have you on again and until then we'll see you when we see you and we'll see you later staring john classic goodbye they were cones bye <laughs>